I really love what happens when I stop thinking so much about doing something and I just do it. Um, it's really important to have that kind of just like go and see what happens. And I'm not really talking about the fuck around and find out kind of whole model. What I'm really talking about is just the, you know, not being scared of, you know, anything and just, again, within, you know, necessary safety measures, of course, you know, you don't want to put yourself in harm's way, but what I'm really talking about here is the creative process. I, throughout my entire life, have found myself so stuck, right? Being creative and just worrying what will happen, what will come out of it, right? And it's just so cool to see that things are actually changing now. I remember when I was around 20 years old, somewhere between like 20 and 22. Um, no, I did not just say the year 2022. <laughs> I was saying somewhere between ages 20 and 22. When I was 22, it was 2012. Um, and it's just so fascinating to see the contrast of who I am as a person. I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about what messed me up. Um, in this case, I'll say uh, the marring, the scathing, the disfiguring of my ego state. Shout out to Siggy, <laughs> Sigmund Freud, um, who uh, basically, from what I understand, created the model of, you know, id, ego, superego. Um, the id being this impulsive character, right, and the superego being you know, kind of more so on the cautious end, and then the ego being right in the fucking middle, trying to maintain a balance between the two. It's such a fascinating, just, process of everything, really, it is. Um, but back when I was around 20 years old, what I noticed is that, um, Life was so different for me back then. It really was. I was very caught up in perfectionism. I was very caught up in trying rather than just being and doing, right? And it kind of has to do with, um, you know, Yoda. There is no try, only do. Like, it's just, it's true. <laughs> you're not going to try to do something, you're just going to do it. You're not going to try to... I'm going to use a, um, a metaphor that I saw a, another YouTuber use. You're not going to try to get a glass and fill it up with water to drink it. You're going to do it. The same way that you're going to, um, I don't know, manifest your dream job, if that's what you want. The same way that you're going to manifest anything, the same way that you're going to create anything. You don't try to do it, you just do it. And I think that earlier on in life, around the age of like 20, I was very stuck 
inside of just like perfectionism and I felt like I was trying to do things rather than just doing them and having that be the process itself that just takes everything into full swing. Um, it's really true. Like this, this life is not a beta, you know, like this is not, this is, this is not a trial. If you, if you touch a flame here, <laughs> you're going to get fucking burned. That's just the reality of the entire equation. And I love that. I think it's fascinating because it's like, I'm going to try. No, you're not going to try to do anything. You're just going to do it. And I think that back when I was 20, around that era of my life, I was very scared. And I know why I was too. I mean, what I'm saying comes from a place of deep and profound and sincere and genuine and probably many other words that I don't need to use right now, but self-awareness. You know, about a decade ago, I wasn't really that self-aware. I was very caught up in my mind and all of that stuff. And <laughs> it's just funny because I'll, I'll, be, um, I'll be 34 in April. Aries gang <laughs> and um, you know I, I think that there was a point in my life when I had a hard time even seeing 30 you know caught up in anxiety depression all that kind of stuff I'm a human right I go through the trials the tribulations all of this stuff but something that I want to focus on that I think is important to focus on here is I think that we have a tendency to create a lot of excess and unnecessary noise, you know? And it's like, we don't really need to, but we do. And it really slows us down a lot. Um, something that I've been focusing on a lot, kind of taking a pivotal turn here, something that I've been kind of not kind of, something that I've been seriously focusing on a lot lately is boundaries, healthy boundaries. Um, I learned for different reasons to appease, to people please, to be codependent, to not be congruent with my needs and to just give in to what everyone else wants. Not even think about it, just just do what everyone else wants, even if I didn't want to do it. Um, I was scared to be alone. And it's just fascinating because I'm at a point in my life now where I've done enough work on myself to know that I don't need to be scared anymore. I don't need to appease. I don't need to people please. I don't need to self-sacrifice. I don't need to self-sabotage, you know? And it really is just such a fascinating process to watch it unfold. Um, <laughs> the, I think one of the funniest things, I mean, it's funny to me. I'm, I'm grateful that I can kind of like laugh at this now, but um, I have been through an incredible amount of anxiety. Um, and it's just so fascinating to watch the anxiety melt and dissolve and fade away and disappear. Um, 
when I say anxiety, I mean like seriously, severely crippling social anxiety. Um, and I know why. Like the, <laughs> the, the coolest thing about this year of my life is I now have answers. <laughs> and I'm so grateful. Um, and it's just such a, it's such a fun space of awareness to be in. It really is. It's so cool to be here. It is. I love it. I'm, I'm in love with life. I really am. Um, and in a very healthy way, I'm also in love with myself. And, you know, I think the fascinating thing about trauma is that it has a tendency to kind of like blind us from ourselves I don't know if it matters what kind of trauma it is, and I'm not here to validate or invalidate. Well, I mean, I guess I'm here to, I'm, I'm all, I will validate everything and anything as traumatizing. You know, everyone deserves to get that check mark. Um, <laughs> immediately as I said that, I thought about the verification marks on social media. Um, which people are actually insecure about if they don't have one. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's such a fascinating space of awareness to be in here now with all of this self-awareness, you know. 33 is beautiful. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be doing what I actually want to do. Um... Back when I was 20, I knew that I was a creative person. Now that I'm 33, about to be 34 in April, that's just all in total 100% full swing. It's exciting. It really is. It's a fun time. Um, I, I was watching a video on TikTok, I believe it was, the other day, not too long ago. And it was, uh, I believe he's a comedian. I mean, he makes comedy shit, so I would argue that he is, but I don't know if he's like actually stand up. He probably is. Um, Seth Rogen, he was in an interview and he was talking about how he, he, he was like, if you go after it, you might get it. You might make it. But if you don't go after it, if you don't try, you will most definitely not get it. <laughs> and a lot of people are on the side of not trying and not getting, simply because they're scared to try, they're scared to fail. I'm not here to motivate or inspire anybody. I'm genuinely not. But I am all for just going after it. I really am. Um, there's nothing better in life. And, you know, like, if you don't get it, maybe you get something else, and that's fine. I just really appreciated what Seth said. I did. And what he said was followed through with, uh, one of his laughs that makes you know who it is that you're listening to. <laughs> Seth Rogen's laugh is so, um, it's so distinct. It's so unique and genuine. I love it. It's funny. He's a funny guy. Very creative guy, too. Um, I'm actually really glad that I'm taking the time to go down this alley talking about, like, actors and comedians and creatives and everything. I want to take a second to talk about 
somebody who I actually admire a lot as a creator. Um, you might know him from the, I believe it was on Comedy Central, the Comedy Central skit of Key and Peele, uh, Jordan Peele. Um, not only was he the newest host of an updated version of The Twilight Zone, which was incredible, <laughs> but he's also, I don't know if it's just produced or directed or both, um, but there are two movies that I'm aware of by him that somebody coming from comedy, it's like, wow, creative to the max. Um, the first one was Get Out. That was incredible. And the second one was Us. Uh, for the sake of people who have not seen either movies yet, I will not say a single thing about either of those movies. But I highly recommend them. Um, but just like looking at him and his level of versatility, creativity... Um, that's really what I'm looking at for myself right now, and I'm just, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I really am. It's such a cool place. It's a, it's a wonderful space of awareness. It's a wonderful opportunity to grow and to learn and to just integrate. Um, oh yeah, another thing that I've been focusing on a lot, I believe that the other day I made a YouTube video about this, but, um, you know, just... Black or white thinking. I became aware of my tendencies of black or white thinking. Um, within the past year, I want to say. For those that don't know what black or white thinking is. Um, it's basically an emotionally immature way of looking at things, looking at people, right? Um, you see people usually as either all good or all bad. Both and doesn't exist with that. You know, both good and bad together doesn't exist with that. And it's such a fascinating thing because I discovered about myself that I actually have some black or white thinking. Um, and the reason that it was so fascinating too was I remember, um, I remember talking about how I learned to see the world in the lens of good or bad, but it's actually neither. It is just the world. And that's what's so fascinating about it, too. It really is. Um, and so I was actually um, corrected on behalf of that. I was talking about how I see the world. And I was like, yeah, the world, I've, I've learned that the world is this awful, terrifying place. And... <laughs> I, I kind of want to like correct myself and say, but I was wrong, right? But then also wrong is an aspect of black or white thinking because you're either wrong or you're right. Um, it really is so fascinating to me how that entire structure works. 
black or white thinking, how it works, what it means, what it is, what it does, why it's there. Um, black or white thinking is usually what, you know, um, toddlers, the way that toddlers see the world, right? So when a person continues to have black or white thinking, it usually signals stagnation at a certain point in life. Uh, in this case, very early on in childhood. But black or white thinking is just such a fascinating thing because like, it can bring somebody to idealize somebody, right? If somebody who, their main way of looking at things is black or white, right? And they see somebody do something good, right? Which is fascinating too because people don't do things that are, if, if, if the world is not a good or bad place, it's just the world, then people are also not good or bad either. They're just people, right? And that's so fascinating because somebody with black or white thinking would look at somebody who does something that they would argue is good and they would label that person as good. And then they would idealize them, right? Oh, that person is good. That person's so good. That person's so good. But it can get really unhealthy because if that person does the, if that person then does something that would be considered bad, of course it's just a label, but would be considered bad, then the person that sees things in a black or white view might actually devalue that person, right? So like it could go as wild as like. Let's see. Um, oh my God, that person's such a wonderful person, right? They do all these things and that makes them such a good person, right? But then maybe, say it's, say it's a politician, right? And then word gets out that that politician is physically and emotionally abusive, right? And then that person with the black or white view would be like, oh, fuck that person. That person is a piece of shit. It's like, oh, well, they're human. <laughs> they have these qualities, which many would argue are good, and they have these other qualities, which many would argue are not so good, right? And people with black or white thinking, which again is a very underdeveloped way of looking at things, cannot put both of those things together. They don't see things in a both-and standpoint, in a both-and way. And I'm just so fascinated by that. Seriously, like, I made a video um, maybe like a week or so ago on YouTube about black or white thinking and just how fascinating of a thing it is because it really is, you know, but not only, not only is black or white thinking fascinating, but also just like how a person can switch between idealization and devaluation. Like that shit is crazy. I'm very, and, and also not just that, but like do it literally like that, you know, um, yeah, I am just very excited to be here, I'm very excited to be alive, I'm very excited to be growing and creating and making and doing and having and being and something, I'll, I'll, I'll end off with this, something that I've been really focusing on lately is just being what I want that would manifest what I, like, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, like, all right, 
the feeling of having total financial freedom, right? That is an energetic signature, right? That attracts accordingly. If you feel something, you're going to experience it in life, physically. And so if I feel financially free, consistently, I'm going to experience that. And I think that that's wild. Um, just to finish off here, I believe it was by Neville Goddard, um, a book that I bought. It's called Feeling is the Secret, right? Because everything in this universe is energy. And every, everything and everyone is always attracting and being attracted, right? Emotions are energy. Emotions attract and this makes sense too. Let me explain it real quick because I think that the examples that I can use here will be very helpful for anybody that needs to further understand this. If your life has ever sucked, it's probably because you've consistently felt low energy emotions, felt bad. You've felt fear, you've felt sadness, you've felt depression, you've felt guilt, shame, all that kind of stuff, right? When you feel that, you attract based on that. Right? But instead, if you feel more elevated emotions, I'm not here trying to change anybody else's life. I'm really not. I'm just here exploring my life and sharing it because I think that there are a lot of very valuable insights. Um, but when you consistently feel higher, more elevated emotions, you attract accordingly. So like, I look at it, right? My life over the past three decades did not entirely suck. There were cool things that happened, right? Um, there were beautiful things that happened, right? However, there was a lot of anxiety and depression. And as I consistently experienced those emotional states, I attracted accordingly. Like attracts like, that's just the way that it works. And so I thought that that was a very interesting way of looking at things. Yeah, fun stuff. Take care, everyone.